about, so thank you. Um, welcome to our service on this Good Friday evening. If you look at the order of service, it says welcome and announcements. You want really good news, there are no announcements. Um, other than, have you all got your wine? Anybody not yell at you, go and grab it during the first time or something. We begin to worship God. It's a slightly lengthy reading to start with, but it's an important reading as well. And a well-known passage from Isaiah 53. So let us hear the word of God together. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has led on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of light, life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. May God bless to us this reading from his word. Let us just bow for a moment in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, as we reflect this night on all that you went through on that first Good Friday, we ask that on this special day, where our faith has become routine, Lord, enthuse and excite us once again for the gospel. Where we have just gone along with the crowd, strengthen our faith and enable us to stand up for the truth. And where we have fallen, Lord, forgive us that in this time of worship we may truly seek you, our God. Amen. Our opening praise is how deep the Father's love for us.
As we come to join together in prayer on this Good Friday, we need reminding again and again of the wonder of everything you have done for us. Like the disciples, we see but don't quite see clearly. We hear but don't quite hear completely. And in seeing and hearing, we tend to forget so quickly all that your amazing love should mean to us as individuals and as a congregation in this place. You continue to perform miracles. Our life is a miracle of your grace and we take it for granted. Our continued health and strength are daily miracles and again, we take it all for granted until something goes wrong. And so we pray this evening for all those who are ill. For Mark and the man's family, that quickly they would fully recover and that there would be no long-lasting side effects. And as we pray also for those known to us who need our prayers, either because of illness or because they do not know of a saviour in their lives. So we take a moment to name them in silence before you are God. Lord, we live in a country that used to call itself Christian, but now we see little of Christianity around us. We hear of murder, of violence, of robberies, of all the things that come from the devil himself. And so we pray that you would grant that this church may be a spiritual growth place, where through daring faith, the fullness of your life is discovered in Jesus Christ and that it would shine from this place, convicting those in the neighbourhood and beyond that Jesus would be central in everything we do as we ask it all in his name. Amen. And now Calvin is going to come forward and lead us in the solo, Lion of Judah. Uh, elegant robes and glorious thrones and armies at his side, that's how the Jews expected their Messiah to turn up. But God's plan was different. God's plan was perfect. He sent them as a child. I hope you like this song and I hope it's a blessing to you. Thank you. 
this time to the New Testament uh, to a letter to the Hebrews at chapter 10 and we're reading verses 16 to 25 let us again hear the word of God this is the covenant I will make with them after that time says the Lord I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold on swerving to the hope we profess, for we who promise for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen, and may God bless to us this further reading of his word. Our praises from heaven you came.
A youngster in Sunday school asked the minister, if Jesus died on Friday, why is it called good? It seems contrary to reason to call this day Good Friday, when congregations around the world tend to remember Jesus' death. I read recently where someone suggested that we should call it Holy Friday rather than Good Friday. Goodness, when we're dealing with betrayal and abuse of power and beatings and execution, seems to be something like the wrong description for it. Can the death of an innocent man in such horrendously brutal and hideous way really be called good? For in our, in our society, death is the only unmentionable subject left. We all tend to go through life knowing that death exists, but that's what happens to everybody else. We're sort of immune, or at least we imagine we are. Death is either hidden, completely hidden subject, or we try to make fun of it as a, an alternative way to cope with the whole idea. Like the story of the minister who woke up one morning to find a dead donkey in his front garden. He had no idea how it got there or where it came from, but he knew he had to do something about it. He simply didn't know what he needed to do. So he phoned the police. It was an unexplained death after all. But they referred him to the council. So he phoned there, but they put him through to the recycling centre. They didn't know how to recycle a dead donkey. So next he tried the Department of the Environment, but he got the same sort of shrug of the shoulders from them. So in desperation he phoned the mayor, and after explaining what happened, the mayor told him that it was his responsibility, since surely it was his job to bury the dead. In his aspiration, the minister replied, yes, it is, but I thought I should contact the next of kin first. <laughs> Good Friday images recount the day of forsakenness, of scorn, of thorns, of being despised, grief, sorrow, wounded, tears, darkness, and death. How can we use a word like good in the same breath? What good can come from Jesus' death on a cross on a day long ago on a hill called the Place of the Skull? And included in all of this was betrayal. The betrayal by two of his disciples. One was Judas and the other was Peter two of his close company. Betrayal by a friend or someone in the family is so, so difficult to accept and to live through and live with. That's why many of us find Prince Harry's interviews and book so difficult to deal with, for no matter how much you're hurting, that is not how you treat your family or your friends. Julius Caesar also knew such treachery. Among the conspirators who assassinated the Roman leader on March the 15th, 44 BC, was Marcus Brutus. Caesar not only trusted Brutus, he had favored him as a son. According to Roman historians, Caesar first resisted the onslaught of the assassins but when he saw Brutus among them with his dagger drawn, Caesar ceased to struggle, and pulling the top part of his robe over his face, asked the famous question, you too, Brutus. How the treachery of both Judas and Peter must have hurt Jesus to the core. Let's look at these two for a moment on this Good Friday. 
how do you react when you make a mistake in your life? If it's something minor, most of us probably just shrug it off and just move on. Possibly, because it's so hard to do, we don't even apologize or try to correct our mistake. But what do we do if it's a major error, a devastating, life-altering mistake? Let me say that the last, the only thing you never ever do is follow the example of Judas. Judas, you will remember, committed suicide. Yes, that removes the problem, but there is literally no future in it. Think about what would have happened if Judas came and fell at Jesus' feet and said sorry. Think of the future he could have had. Yes, he may have had a tough time from the other disciples. It may even have taken many years before he was fully trusted again. But to know that the Lord of heaven and earth had forgiven him, to know that he was bound then for heaven and to a place in glory is priceless. But he threw it all away in an instant, and his final place in hell is considerably worse, infinitely worse, than even the awful place that he was in in the middle of his betrayal. It could all have been so different. Then think of Peter. He betrayed Jesus with his denial, not once, but three times. The difference was he went, went out and wept, not for himself as Judas had done, but he wept bitter tears of remorse and repentance. And Jesus, after the resurrection, came to him and with the three times asked question, Peter, do you love me more than these? Removed the three denials and fully and totally restored Peter. Note this and note it well. When things are going pear-shaped in your life, when you feel like you have hit rock bottom, there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And that light is Jesus. Seek his forgiveness. He will welcome you back and forgive you, no matter how bad the mistake was. And that is part of the heart of the message of Good Friday. Good Friday. The day is called good because it honestly expresses the heart of God in a relationship to all humanity. For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, Jesus, the Son of God, enfleshed the will of God to love men and women and children and the world itself unto death, to love us to death. If that's what it took to bring us back into relationship with God. You may remember watching cowboy movies on the TV when you were younger and how the Indians seal vows by becoming blood brothers. Well, just as the American Indian would seal a promise and bond a relationship by mixing blood, so too God mixed the blood of Jesus into the history of the world to seal his promise given in the garden and bind humanity to himself in an everlasting relationship of love. I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. Good Friday is a day about relationship. God created us to live in relationship with him. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is how the Bible opens the story of creation and the story of history. 
Adam and Eve, you and me were created to live in relationship with God, as close as our breath. But the relationship has been broken. Adam and Eve disobediently stole some fruit from God's tree in the garden. And ever since, humanity has been robbed of a healthy relationship with God. This day, Good Friday, is the lens through which we see clearly just how much God loves us, not because we deserve it, but because we need it. What we deserve is death, since the wages of sin is death. What we get instead is the death of Jesus, which covers the wage and sets us free to be children of God. The relationship is now restored. In the words of Paul, who wrote, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. This is why we can come with confidence to the sanctuary of God's house. We are invited into a new and living way to be ourselves in the world. We are forgiven sinners who can face the darkest Fridays of our lives with hope because God is with us all the way, all the time. He is faithful to his promises to be with us in the deepest valley even until the end of time. He is powerful to fulfill his promise. Neither sin nor death can stand in his way to do for us what he says he will do. The child asked, If Jesus died on Friday, why do we call it good? Maybe we should change its name. Not to Holy Friday, for that would just make it churchy but to Brilliant Friday, Wonderful Friday, Incredible Friday, for it is indeed a very good Friday. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord our God, on this day so long ago, you were taken and put to death for our sakes. Lord, we can skim over that. We're so used to the story, we hardly even take it in. But what a tremendous thing that was that you did for us. Taking on the punishment that we deserve so that we can be loved and we can love you. Lord, we just come and very humbly, we give you our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And now Calvin is going to sing for us again, Who Am I? Uh, this is a song by Elvis. I haven't got the white suit on, definitely haven't got the hair, so <laughs> but I hope you enjoy it. Who am I?
Thank you again. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never be hungry. And whoever believes in me shall never be thirsty. And anyone who comes to me, I will never turn away. I am not the host at this meal. The concession are not the host at this meal. The church is not the host at this meal. The host is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The invitation to this table is from Christ himself. The bread and wine we break and share remind us of the living presence and his power to renew our lives. This is not a Presbyterian table. This is the Lord's table. No matter how much you have sinned, come in repentance to the Lord and find the forgiveness and peace that he and he alone can give. Come to this table and share in this meal, being assured of his presence with us. For as he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Listen to the words of institution as they are recorded for us by the Apostle Paul. The teaching I give you was given to me personally by the Lord himself, and it was this. The Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, and it is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new agreement made by my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This can only mean that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's join together as we sing the prayers when I survey the wondrous cross.
as we approach this table, let us come together in prayer. Let us pray. God of justice and truth, whose judgment works itself out in mercy, be merciful to us as we admit the consequences of our sinful nature. We have not loved you or our neighbour as we should. We have turned aside from you in pride. We have passed by our neighbour intent on our own purposes. We have surrendered to the spirit of heaviness and given in to the evil that our weakness cannot change. Lord, open our eyes again to be attentive to you and to each other. Shoulder our burden for us. Achieve in us what is impossible without you. And let your name be glorified in us as it has been and ever will be in Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, and it is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new agreement made by my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This can only mean that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, grant us your peace. Take, eat. This is the body of Christ which is broken for you. Do this in memory of him. Let us eat together. And then if you can manage to get the second one open, because it can be a bit difficult, let us again drink all of it together. The cup is a new agreement made by the blood, his blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of him. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let us pray. <coughs> thank you, God. How can we not thank you for the measure of your love we see in Jesus Christ? How can we not join with the whole church on earth and with all those who have trusted you and triumphed in Christ's name before us to sing your praises for the whole world to hear? How can we not trust you and follow you to the edge of time and the threshold of eternity? where we shall find your fullness and enter it and join in universal praise to you forever. Until then, Lord, let our weak faith and our feeble praise suffice. Receive us as we are and use us to show mankind and the nations the wonder and promise of life and the immeasurable height and depth and length and breadth of your love and truth. Be honoured 
and praise the Lord here and everywhere, now and forever. Amen. Our closing praise is the 23rd Psalm, The Lord's My Shepherd. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each of us this night and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>